There is something royal and bizarre about the mystic, Emil Johansson. This is an interlude. Yes. Just be yourself. Oh, good. Always. Come join me at the conversation table. Like, the mind is not creative if it's under stress or if it's uh, limited by any sort of thing. You, you need to be in a free environment where you're feeling happy to express yourself. And, like, it's a fine mix between being unserious and serious. This is a bit of a difficult question, but what is style? And let's begin with, with Eric. Let's begin with Emil. <laughs> I think style is good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's a hard question. I don't really know how to explain it. I feel like Emil has some loaded. <laughs> I mean, style is, everyone has style. Like style is something that is separate for everyone. It's individual. I think a lot of style has to do with how you execute stuff. It's like, if you're just executing it as a, note on a paper or something like okay I'm doing that trick but there's no heart there's no soul into it which means that it's just boring like there's no details yeah there's no art in it it's just like it's just a line on a paper really why is Emil an alien because <laughs> he's doing crazy stuff on his bike which I can't understand how he does that. Sometimes he's doing tricks. I, I'm like, what the fuck did I just see, you know? <laughs> and some rumors said that he's an alien. What is your response? <laughs> uh, rumors are fake. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not an alien? No. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Just wanted to clear the Yeah. Now we all know. It would have been super nice to be an alien. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it sounds like being an alien is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know that the whole world was about to change. Who would have guessed that the globe was about to freeze? We still see it. Tay Western imprint on the world, Christianization, the refusal of life. No pagan society had any problems with death. It is the basis of life, to live, to die. The Christian society refuses death and uses scientism again with the COVID episode, for this purpose. We know, because this worldwide test has allowed us to compare nations and policies. The nations that have not practiced the lockdown have the same numbers as the Christian nations. People do not realize the harmful impact of Christianity in the world. This permanent negation of life, castration of young people, of projects, suppression of all national initiatives, collectivism to avoid change and renewal, formation of a bureaucratic class. Everything is done in the West so that nothing changes. This is false model of freedom which is spreading throughout the world. Westerners are not free, they are miserable, the family is destroyed, they are psychotic, do not like their lives, have no community structure. You don't see it on your way to work, in the fields or on the mountain. But there's a war being waged against our way of life. They'll tell you all the reasons why our way of life this is, is just bad the beginning. Montana, bad for this country, bad for our future. How it's immoral that you live here, work here, grow their food here. They will tell it so much you might even start to believe it yourself. 
question what you do and who you are. They'll tell you that the land's only hope is for them to be its steward. The ugly truth is they want the land. And if they get it, it will never look like our land again. That is progress in today's terms. So if it's progress you seek, do not vote for me. I am the opposite of progress. I'm the wall that it bashes against, and I will not be the one who breaks. Everything is done for a non-return to the tradition, and includes death in its message. Christianity is resignation, the resignation of the weak classes. Traditional society trains, initiates, young people to death, to face their own deaths in a ritualistic way. This is the reason for the Christians' relentlessness against these rites and the initiatory societies in general. These people are putrid to a point, which is at the limit of the conceivable. Eat life to the fullest. What defines the mystic, is let go. Control is stupid. Yes. Just be yourself. Oh good, always. Come join me at the conversation table. Like, the mind is not creative if it's under stress or if it's uh, limited by any sort of thing. You, you need to be in a free environment where you're feeling happy to express yourself. And, like, it's a fine mix between being unserious and serious. Mystics have been envied throughout history, and before the pre-modern period, they were hunted, killed, by the religious, plebs. From Reflections on the Art of Living, a Joseph Campbell Companion by Joseph Campbell. The function of the Orthodox community is to torture the mystic to death, his goal. Mystics do things, that the masses cannot understand with their limited intellect. There are almost infinite resources in this body, to tap into it, only the mystic has this relationship with his body, an intuitive relationship that allows him to locate himself on the path, life. That's why the initiation is for a limited audience. Most of the time, in fact all the time, I don't know how I'm doing but solutions to problems always come. I confess sometimes it annoys me because I would like to understand better, where these answers come from. But this is also a difference of the mystic, it is that he lets himself go. He does not resist. It sounds passive, but it is the other way around. Forcing your body to let go is an unnatural mechanism. Mystics spend their time raising the level of society, the religious lowering it. When we look behind us, nobody wants to follow us in the exploration. Which always surprises us a lot, because life is fun. But apparently not for others. As, what I am, I have never supported Christianity. This religion of death, which permanently denies life. It's just a support for people who don't like life slash who can't bear life. It is not the message hidden behind, the one called Jesus. It's the opposite. The message of Jesus is a message of life not death. Of resurrection slash initiation, that is, to stop moping and, devouring life. Which the Christian church has always denied. The lower classes are there to suffer, not the elite. This putrid Christian church that preaches death and renunciation of life. The human species in this state of mind has no chance of survival. None. All Christian societies only create desolation, destruction. This is their characteristics. Exciting action-packed run. He was the winner of last year's Red Bull Joyride. He's at it again. Here we go. 360 tail up. The inward table right there. Classic Emil style. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Truck driver to opposite downside tail up. Oh, that was an opposite yeah. triple tail up. I had to process that one. Go get to a regular double tail up. I've never seen him do that move. Fast plant 360 up. Nolly 360 down. 
Oh my gosh. Opposite 360, opposite bar spin, regular bar spin down. 360 inward table to bar spin out. Cutlip on the long and low. What will it be on Here the last jump? That was mind-blowing. That, wow. uh, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Getting word in my headset right now that Eric Fedko is happy with third place. I think Emilio Hansen accomplished what he set out to do today. It looks like they're just going to train <laughs> down and have some fun. They worked hard today. They deserve to have this moment right here. Both these riders guaranteed the positions that they're in, and they both look so happy. <laughs> All right, Eric Fedko in third place, Emil Johansson taking the gold medal. Look at the podium. Brothers take the fall like a soft fall. Make you start to lose pride in the long haul. Take your friends, they look at you like you're all wrong. Numbers start to fade how you show off your local spot man <laughs> looks insane the following interlude is an attempt to describe these two blonde-haired mountain bikers in their own words and through the words of their peers oh it's a bit stiff yeah <laughs> riding all week yeah big slams big slams that's all good i would describe fedco's personality as somehow laid back but still banger at the same time, willing to send. And then Emil is just, personality is undescribable, I think. He just, there's something going on in that kid's head. He's a, he's a bright kid, like he's smart. And uh, a really down to earth guy. You know, he doesn't, see, he might not seem like it, but he's super down to earth with a good heart. Eric is, uh... oh, I've heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would describe me as a nice, handsome. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Eric is chill, he's steezy, and he's easy going. When he was visiting us, us in Sweden, he was like, ah, oh, can we chill for a bit? I'm tired. Like, and Emil was like, no, we do training. Fedko is just, he looks too good on the bike. Like he's got big style kind of moto influence in there, big extension tricks, still hitting all the bars and everything in there. That attitude and how, how fluidly it all comes to him, it's kind of like, oh, this guy's meant to ride a bike, you know? He was more about style than big tricks when he was 16. And then he got into slope style and started practicing all the big tricks. And now he's here, one of the best riders in the world. I honestly never seen anyone ride as sketchy as he does, but I don't know, somehow he pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio Hansen is a cyborg, man. He's an absolute uh, robot. I mean, the skills that he has is just unbelievable. He can do all of his tricks both ways. You know, like lots of us have certain bangers and then Emil will drop in and he can do that banger switch. Back in the day, we used to come to the contest and just get used to the course, kinda, and then in the quali run, then we were like sending the tricks. And Emil kinda changed it. He was practicing all his runs 
already in the first day of practice, which was super impressive to see. He seems like such a such a robotic guy, like when he's riding, you know, just such insane riding, but the guy loves to party. I know for a fact that Emil is a party animal, but I know that he doesn't do that quite often. I think that Eric definitely got like more chance to do it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Always him. But he can party too. Yeah. So but I'm more the mellow one. I know when to turn it off. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't find that turn off button. Oh my god! Emil Johansson with a dialed setup right there. The only slope style competitor to win four in a row crankwork slope styles. And he's looking to make it five in a row. This would be one for the history books if he's able to stomp this wrong. We've been watching him in practice. And it all comes down to this. MJ on course. Big three oh. double down whip. Huge oblo truck to downside tail whip. So much amplitude. Big bike. It's almost like he's riding a different course. He's going about two or three feet higher than everybody. I don't know where he's getting the speed, but he's making it work for him. Emil Johansson setting up for the flat drop. Yes. Big oppo three tuck no hander. Oh! Oppo three double. When we say oppo, that's like trying to write your name with your opposite hand. But he's doing it. He's going both ways. Big flat drop back flip. What's it gonna be? One last jump here for Emil Johansson. Oh! Yes! <laughs> I've never even seen that before. 360 bar to double downside tail whip to put an exclamation point at the end of this run. He does it again, man. What's the score gonna be here? That was excellent. So fun. Score to beat a 91.66 from Eric Fedko. Emil Johansson scores a 95. He is in the lead. Well, right now we're heading out to this jump zone called Spooks. And we're going to go try and see if Emil can get a few lines on it. It's so beautiful in there. All right, sick. Yeah, watch me how I ball, watch you ain't just fall, yeah I've been on my grind, team doing it all, yeah They hate it when I shine, I'm like, give me my, yeah I see you on the one of my rings, but you on the one of my team, yeah One rider left to drop and it is Emilio Hansen Has two of three wins this season. His first run, his first attempt at the Triple Crown. Three bar down whip, land and perfect. Immaculate as ever. Three bar and turn down, getting the combos in there. Oppo triple, Ooh, oh. a little bit harsh, but oh. Double whip there on the hip. So just proving he can bar do up. each way. Nolly three down. Oppo three bar up. To flip down, showing he's got all the tricks there. Big 3-1 can, slowing it down there at the end. To three, opposite three, opposite double whip. And it's it's such a different style of riding to Regatkin. It's so, so technical. Where's the score going? 95.75! Oh. <laughs> 
He has one hand on that trophy in front of him. The Triple Crown is just meters away from him. Absolute madness. Honestly, I've got, I've got goosebumps just thinking about what that score could have been. But it means that this is a victory lap for Emil Johansson. There will be two names on the Triple Crown trophy. Emil Johansson, the 23-year-old seed who has dominated Slogue Style so consummately over the last two seasons, will win all three Crankworx events in 2021. This is a dangerous run. You can see it's sinking in for him. Just enjoying the moment. <laughs> well, no, I think he's sinking in. He's kind of ridden a bit. Now he's realized once again, I'm a Triple Crown winner. More relief, hasn't Just it? Just dropping down into this natural amphitheater. Hey, all the boys come out to celebrate. Oh, and he's spinned out. <laughs> and it's a pile on. Emilio Hansen is a Triple Crown winner. He Slogstar winner here in Rotorua. The only previous winner of the Triple Crown hands it over to Emilio Hansen. Holy smokes, another major roller coaster ride. Not only did Emil Johansson just win the event, but it was a record. The sixth consecutive Crankworks gold. Add to that the FMB World Tour Championship win, as well as the coveted Crankworks Triple Crown. It's safe to say that Emil is well on his way to becoming a mountain bike icon. Yeah, can't wait for next year, but now it's chill time, man. Yeah. I don't know if this will be an end of the series, but like, I just hope people enjoy following us along for the season, really. Yeah. It's been, we have had a lot of good times, so if we could bring some joy to people's lives through this series and inspire youth just getting out and about riding bikes doing their thing it's sick yeah because that's what we grew up watching it's it's a childhood dream like it's like kind of like if someone would have told me when i was 10 that like one day i would have my own series together with a friend of mine riding bikes doing our thing and this and that it's uh, I'm not sure I would have believed it. The series is called Raising the Bar. Do you guys think we've raised the bar? I think we did, actually. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Successful slope style season. Both of us. <laughs> Sound like a phone Stop. first. Like, mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to give Rise the bar. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> yep. From Introduction to Magic, Volume 3, Realizations of the Absolute Individual by Julius Evola, The Ur Group. This is why the idea prevails in Catholic Orthodoxy that there is no real discontinuity between the sacramental life of the common believer and the mystical life, the latter is not exceptional, but already contained as a seed in the former. The mystic, instead of leaving the seed of union with God dormant, activates the energy for realizing this union as an experience. However, in dogmatic terms this realization is postponed until the time of the last judgment. It is not admitted that it could be achieved while alive. Well, listen if you think that it is not possible in this life, Christian. You are left with your only option, suffer. It is quite wrong to suppose that the Christian who has been baptized and has participated in the other sacraments of his tradition finds himself at any advantage for the future realizations of an effective initiation.
the Alexandrian distinction between the pisticos and the pneumaticos, that is, between the simple believer and the Gnostic or initiate, holds good. The notion of the glorified body, in which the law of death is vanquished, entered Christianity directly from the earlier mystery traditions, but in becoming the dogma of the resurrection of the flesh or of purely eschatological prospects in the afterlife, it lost its concrete and initiatic significance. Nowadays it seems very superstitious to suppose that there is anything more than a simple allegory in the Eucharistic participation. Apart from the hoped-for intervention of grace, no precise path is indicated for the Christian mystic in the domain of realization, namely of the development and actualization of the influences induced in the sacraments. There are only the simple, subjective attitudes corresponding to the so-called theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Already for Pseudo-Dionysus the Aropagite, the basic phases of Christian mysticism were the purgative life, the illuminative life, and the unit of life, a formal scheme that can also be valid in the context of the initiatic path. However, things are very different in reality. Thus, concerning the last phase, Ganon is absolutely right when he points out the confusion in the mystic's use of the terms union and unit of life. Union implies two. Unitive is an adjective. Very different. Thus, someone has rightly spoken of yogic states not as ecstasies but as instasies, and shtasi. Concerning the purgative life, still for the sake of indicating reflections of initiatic views, we quote as follows, many writers of Christian antiquity assert that the soul, on exiting this world, must pass through various abodes of demons in the airy regions. Gosh when you read this, you realize how much knowledge has been lost, nobody knows how to think, introspection, anymore in this modern society. No one has an inner life anymore, collectivism is born there, when people define themselves by an exterior. This entire process of purification and instruction is repeated until the soul has reached perfect purity and the fullness of knowledge. This gradual purification after death is generally not mentioned, by Catholic theologians, in all its particulars. Other residues of interest are the views found in the early Christian writers about the restoration of the Adamic state, understood as the first goal of Christian regeneration. This is all the Christian teaching. What is preached by the Christian church is false. The church fathers continually insist that one must achieve the perfection belonging to the primordial state by going in search of the lost earthly paradise. Had consumed his human nature. It was an old Christian idea, maintained up to the 16th century, that this place, from which our first parents were expelled, still exists in a high region inaccessible to men, unless they have been helped by exceptional divine grace, as was the case for Elijah. Enoch, and St. Paul himself, its inaccessibility was expressed through the symbolism of deserted and unattainable places. This reproduces the initiatic doctrine of the center in its relation to the primordial state, always present from the metaphysical point of view. And the symbolism of the belt of fire to be passed through is no different from that of the baptism of fire, also going back to the motif of Hercules who won immortality, ascending to Olympus to marry Hebe, eternal youth, only after the fire on Mount Eta had consumed his human nature had consumed his human nature, that's exactly right, I often compare it to the red muscle of the marathon runner, which is said to be burned. Marathon runner, who becomes good, only after decades of exercises slash FO, RTS. The man won over himself. In the origins of Christianity, when like an echo the ontological idea of deificatio, assimilation to God and participation in his nature, still predominated, thanks to the preceding mystery tradition, over the moral ideas of faith charity, and merits to be rewarded in the afterlife. As a conclusion from the preceding investigation, it seems clear that Christianity has a unique character compared to other traditions. On the one hand it is not a pure religion of the law, 
like ancient Judaism or Orthodox Islam, but emphasizes inner experience. On the other hand, it ignores the experiential plane of esotericism and initiation. This intermediate nature of Christianity allows one to characterize it precisely as an essentially mystical religion, which has absorbed and adapted a number of esoteric elements in its mystico-sacramental form. The mystic is only the germ that must bloom. That's why Christians bore us with their mystical experiences, but in parallel don't walk the walk. We cannot say that they have no mystical experiences, but can't know what is to be a Christ. That's why I spend my time beating them up. And that they don't like what I write. Even though they respect me knowing I've gotten to where they'd like to be. Now, a current defined in these terms has a chiefly psychic and collective character, rather than a spiritual and metaphysical one. Collectivism always, the call of it for the Christians. The transfiguration can only take place at this level, through the collective. That is why I tell you again and again, that we are living the beginning of a third phase of collectivism. In every respect, and especially in the case of Christianity, one must judge that the relations between the external, religious path and the metaphysical are minimal, and that one can be immersed in the mystical devotional current to the point of attaining relatively high degrees without perceiving anything of the initiatic and metaphysical order. With its systematic and closed character, its elements that are only a reflected image of the mystery of transformation and deification, merely formal and as we might say lunar Christianity is perhaps the least of the traditional forms to be recommended to one who wishes to enter the direct path. I would be even more categorical than Ebola and the Ur group on this. Christianity is the death of the individual. There is only one way to awaken, it's the heroic path. The lunar path leads to death. Let go. From the meaning of happiness, the quest for freedom of the spirit in modern psychology and the wisdom of the East by Alan Watts. Christianity and Oriental Religion In Christianity the idea of total acceptance is somewhat hidden, it is only spoken of directly in some of the writings of the mystics, but it is soon discovered when we begin to make a thorough search into the symbolism of Christian doctrine. In the religions of the East, however, it is given particular emphasis, in fact, it is the fundamental principle of Vedantist, Buddhist, and Taoist philosophy. The chief difference between these Eastern religions and Christianity is that, on the surface at least, Christianity is concerned with belief in doctrines whereas the Eastern religions are concerned with states of mind. That is to say, Christianity tends to be a theological and ethical religion, while Buddhism, Taoism, and Vedanta are psychological religions. It is not so much that Christianity is not psychology, Cal, it is that, this religion originally and still today is there to serve the weak classes, to express themselves. The lower classes reject the message of Christ. In fact, they are the enemy of Christ and of the entire elite. Eastern religions have this condition of the soul as their very center and raison d'etre, although they do not describe it in quite the same terms as do the Christian mystics. For them it is not just an unusual phenomenon which happens to occur among some strangely gifted people called mystics, it is the very lifeblood of religion, and comes before doctrines, ethics, or any other aspect of the religious life. The avowed object of Vedanta, Buddhism, and Taoism alike is that man, while living on this earth, may attain a state of mind which is indicated as the understanding of his eternal union and identity with the self of the universe. This is the object of Christianity also, but it is not stressed, its psychology is inadequately studied and the many possible ways to its attainment are only vaguely described. Yes, because once again, this religion serves as a springboard for the poor classes. Without Christianity, no socialism, no communism. The dream has just spread to the society, and its organization, communism, only, scientific application of Christianism. 
The Christian belief that only one historical religious tradition is valid for man is a clear enough sign of this confusion, so much emphasis is placed on history and doctrine as the essentials of salvation. Yes, because once again, the goal of the lower classes is to suffer, so they cannot extract themselves from history, in which they are lost. This is what communism has been fighting for, a meaning to history, history as a value. And it caused at least a hundred million deaths last century. That's why I say to the elite, if such an event were to happen again, there is no point in staying in such an environment. Fighting is useless, because the masses are easily seduced, and only a leader like Franco or Hitler is able to subdue these people. The mode of transfiguration of the people is to suffer. Do not try, the elite, to take this away from them, otherwise they have nothing left. This was understood in ancient times. From Return of the Swastika, Hate and Hysteria versus Hindu Sanity by Kunrad Elst. In the Muslim world, we are rather familiar with the phenomenon of takfir, or excommunicating a fellow Muslim by declaring him to be an unbeliever, kafir, at heart, but in Christianity, we had developed the impression that this was a thing of the past. LOL I have spent my life being excommunicated by Christians. And it is still true today. Online, I spend my time being censured by Christians. Which I don't give a damn about, I always come back through the back door saying the same t-ing but harder. There will come a time in history when these popular classes will be forgotten. And it is at this moment that there will be a renewal of the world and the foundation of a new great civilization. From Zen for Americans, Sermons of a Buddhist Abbot by Right Reverend Soyan Shaku. The mechanical observance of the moral laws is not becoming to the dignity of a rational, conscious being. Man must be master of himself, intellectually, morally, and spiritually. To be so, he must be able to examine his own states of consciousness and direct his thoughts and desires to the end where lies the rationale of existence. This is not possible, the goal is to break a mechanism so that another one takes its place.